Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 29 Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the, bear, the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Holy. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give, his, give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and as, glory of the Lord, and as the glory of the Lord rose from its place, I heard behind me the sound of loud rumbling. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against one another, and the sound of the wheels beside them. It sounded like a loud rumbling. The Spirit lifted me up and bore me away. I went in bitterness and the heat of my spirit, the hand of the Lord being strong upon me. I came to the exiles of Tel Abib, who lived by the river Kibar, and I sat there among them, stunned for seven days. At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Mortal, I have made you a sentinel for the house of Israel. Wherever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give them no warning, and do not speak to them, speak to the to warn the wicked from their wicked way in order to save their life. Those wicked persons shall die for the iniquity, but their blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their wicked way, they shall die for their iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Again, if the righteous turn from their righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before them, they shall die, because that you have not warned them. They shall die for their sin, and their righteous deeds that they have done shall not be remembered. But their blood I will require at your hand. If, however, you warn the righteous not to sin, and they do not sin, they shall surely live, because they took warning, and you have saved your life. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 18 through 27. Once, when Jesus was praying alone, with only the disciples near him, he asked them, Who did the crowd say that I am? They answered, John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, that one of the ancient prophets has arisen. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered, The Messiah of God. He sternly ordered and commanded them not to tell anyone, saying, The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to them all, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who, want, those who lose their life for my sake will save it. 
But what does it profit them if they gain the whole world but lose or forfeit themselves? Those who are ashamed of me and my words, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Good morning and welcome to the seventh Wednesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Kansas City, Missouri. Today's readings come to us from Psalm 29, Ezekiel 3, and Luke 9. And the uh, the reading from Ezekiel was kind of surprising because I'd always read, it might also appear one other place, but the, the part about um, if you warn them, you won't die, but they'll die. Um, but if you don't warn them, their blood will be on your hands. Um, God is speaking directly to one of the prophets about this prophecy. Um, and it's it seems particular to what God or the translators call the sentinel for the house of Israel. It's not for everyone. Um, because many Christians, um, especially like in the medieval period, took this passage to suggest that, oh, we have to save all these souls because if we don't, then we're going to hell. Um, And it seems kind of like a stretch. You know, I don't think every Christian is called or the equivalent of a sentinel of Israel. And it may appear somewhere else, I can't remember. But this fervency for evangelism, um, this is one of the texts that has kind of fueled it. Um, you know, I have a responsibility to tell everybody, to warn everybody, um, which is comes a little too close to judging other people. Um, like, I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong, and I'm going to say that God has told me that this is wrong and to tell you this is wrong. But how, do, how would we know? How do we test the spirits of whether or not God has told someone that something's wrong and that that's, you know, reliable? that too often becomes just a proof text to sit there in God's place and judge others, which is, again, our, our original sin. When we ate of the apple or the fig, it isn't that it had magic powers, but we definitely at that precise moment believed that we could do this thing. Before we, had, we were innocent of that belief, we, we didn't think that we could judge between good and evil. Um, and when we think we can is when a lot of trouble starts happening. Cain, when he murders his brother, he thinks it's not fair. That's a that's the job of a judge is to say what is just and non and unjust. Um, and it you know leads to wars where we think that this thing is not right and we want to change it. And so often our own interests get mixed up in injustice. Um, and I, I'm not, I, I'm sure it happens elsewhere than Ezekiel, but Ezekiel, I think is the one I have in my mind when I was younger of like, I have a responsibility to share with others what I think, what, you know, to speak up when I think they're doing wrong. And it is a, you know, it's a delicate thing because it is, it it borders on judgment, Right. It borders on, I know what's wrong and right, and you either don't know or you do know and you're not doing it. Um, because, and I, it's a 
a very fine distinction because we should speak up when we see evil. Um, but what we speak up to say and the motivation for speaking up and saying it is also important. If we're speaking up because we think the Bible tells us so, and I, I think that that might be fine. And it's a, I, again, I think it's a fine needle to thread. If you're trying to get into heaven, and I also think if you're trying to get other people into heaven, I think that's kind of like the, the tail wagging the dog. Because it never says, you know, into heaven. It just says the blood will be on your hands. Um, and, yeah, I think that putting the, the carrot in front of you of like, I'm going to heaven, or even I'm going to get you into heaven, or help you get into heaven, I think that's highly problematic. But if there's something wrong, and you're standing up for yourself and saying, look, this isn't about heaven or hell, this is about you're doing something wrong, um, and these are the people that you're hurting, maybe it's me, maybe it's someone else, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be about heaven. I mean, again, even heaven is like, if you're doing something in order to get into heaven, God sees your heart and you're, you know, that may be fine, but I don't think that's the highest good. Um, I think the highest good is to let God do the judging and to stand up for the poor and the weak when they can't stand up for themselves. Um, because the, the rich and the powerful can always humble themselves. They can always do that. But the poor and the lowly cannot always raise themselves up. They cannot always speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves. Um, so it's it's unjust. It's an imbalance of the people with power. Uh, if they're abusing or misusing that power, they can always stop themselves. Uh, the poor, when, when faced with an injustice, are typically the victims of the injustice and typically have a much steeper hill to climb in advocating for themselves or righting the wrong that has been done. Um, and so it strikes me as only fair that we do speak up for the poor and the lowly, not for heaven or hell or for, our, for you know, a little tick mark on our little fucking evangelism bedpost or something, but because God is with the poor and God is with those who are hurting um, and when we stand up in order to intervene in that hurt, I think that's that's far more universal of a call than you know what we see described in Ezekiel, which is directed, you know, explicitly at a sentinel of Israel, you know, one of the prophets. So I think we can you know, kind of ratchet down our our proselytizing, um, and you know, especially if we're doing so under the belief that we're getting souls into heaven. Like, that's not our job. Um, and instead, focus on what we can do with what we have and the voices that God has given us to stand up for those who are suffering and who are the victims of wrong, um, not to turn away from the perpetrators of wrong, um, but to to think about what we do more, I don't know, pragmatically or strategically speaking up for the poor, um, I think is brings you more riches in heaven, for lack of a better phrase, than to um, you know speak up uh, and, and tell someone the obvious that they're, they're committing sin and they're doing wrong. 
A prayer for social justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirits may so move every human heart, especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.